All right. Welcome, everyone. We are today, February 16th, Thursday. All right. Let's do it. What are we talking about today? We're talking about being more patient with your weight loss. Everyone's least favorite topic, but maybe the most important one. So we're going to talk about it, okay? Because we need to. So obviously, obviously, we all know that we're all impatient people, right? You're hardwired to be impatient. The culture isn't helping out much either. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of challenges with this, right? To bring some patience into this process. So talk a little bit about why it's so important, maybe essential, maybe crucial. But the flip side is why it's so helpful and how it makes the whole process way better in every possible way is to be more patient with it. And so I understand that this is a challenge. I get that. Um, and so I'm going to speak about that. I'm not just going to tell you be more patient, right? O only a jerk would say something like that. I'm a hypnotist. So I'm not going to just tell you to be more patient. I'm going to help you actually be more patient. <laughs> I think that's one of the, one of the things I pride myself on is not just to get on here and just talk about what you should do, but literally help you get to the nuts and bolts of how to actually do it. Okay. So why should you be more patient with your weight loss? Well, um, the first thing is that you need to appreciate that when you think about weight loss, really what's going on is you're thinking about a diet. Okay. So that's where we have to start our story. <laughs> I start this pretty much every time, but this is the key part. So at this point, most people, when they think about weight loss, they, they can't separate weight loss from dieting, right? It's just like one and the same. And the idea of like losing weight without dieting, it's just like a vacuum. Like it just, people are just like, uh, uh, what lifestyle change? I'm going to change my mind. I, I don't know. Right. There's like, it's just a vacuum. Well, what, what, how do you lose weight other than dieting? So we all think pretty much about dieting when we think about weight loss. And so if you think about a diet, pretty much what diets are is, and you've been exposed to millions of ads, you know, of diets and pretty much every diet is pushing this really fast result thing. Right. So it's always like how fast you can lose the weight. And that really has become synonymous now, right? So when people think about weight loss, really what they're thinking in the back of their mind is how fast can I lose this weight? They're thinking of it as a temporary process that they're going to do for a little while. And then, um, then they don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I've asked this question to people that are actively dieting. I said, well, what's going to happen once you get to your goal weight? Once you lose the weight, then what? And they just, I don't give a shit. I, I don't want to think about that now. I'm, I'll figure it out then, okay? And so clearly subconsciously there's two, it, it, the diet's a temporary thing. And then, then they'll figure out what they're going to do beyond that. So that's where the core of the problem starts is that literally the way you're framing the process of weight loss is as a temporary thing. Now, if you think about it as temporary in your mind, you can say, well, if it's just temporary, just for a little while, I can do anything. You know what I mean? I can do any plan, cut my calories by 60, 70%. No problem. Right. Stop eating carbs. No problem. Right. So it doesn't matter what the strategy is, no matter how intense it is. People are like I can do that for a little while because that's how they think about weight loss. So when we think in a short term phrase or time frame and we think kind of extreme ways so we can get fast results, well, that all feeds into being impatient. Right. And um, beyond that as well is that there is an evolutionary brain structure that also feeds into this as well. I love food though. That's all right. You can love food and still lose weight. Um, and so what that is, is there's a cognitive bias we've all, you know, evolved to have, which is that we, it's a thing called future discounting, right? So we, we discount the future, the, the present's more important and valuable to us than the future. So again, for example, if I say, I'll give you a hundred dollars now or $200 in two years, right? Most people can take the hundred dollars now. Okay. And so this is a cognitive bias that's at play when it comes to losing weight right? Because the cookie now is real and I can enjoy it. And then there's the potential that I may lose some weight sometime in the future. And so that future goal of losing weight just psychologically is less motivating to us than the food right now, you know? So, um, you know, if, if there was no such thing as time discounting, if our brain didn't do that, the way it would feel, it would be almost as if we lived in a situation where if you ate well today, you would be 30 pounds lighter tomorrow, right? And if you didn't eat well, um, you know, you'd be 30 pounds heavier tomorrow, right? And so if that time frame disappeared, it'd be a lot easier to manage your weight, right? Because again, it's right there, okay? But that's not the case. That's not, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're dealing with. So we have to recognize these things, 
And again, that, that's a, take a step back here that I'm always, my main goal here for doing these lives and videos I'm doing is just to let you know, <laughs> first, first to like and comment, congrats, um, that to let you know that, that if you've been struggling with your weight, it, it's not a you problem. Okay. I, I know a lot of people that have been struggling for decades and they haven't been able to lose weight. And so they think that there's something wrong with them. And I can tell you that's 100% not true. It's always a strategy issue. Okay. And what you've been following to try and lose weight is really a dieting approach. And dieting approaches don't work for hardly anyone. Right? It's estimated 95% of people fail to lose weight and keep it off on diets. You know, is that number exact? I don't know, but it seems to bear out. How many people you know have lost weight on diets and kept it off? Right. What's your what's your experience been? Right. So, again, it's not that it's not that you there's something wrong with you that you don't have the willpower. You don't have the ability. It's much more that you basically had one one tactic shoved down your throat your entire life. Now, the tactic may it seems different on the surface. Oh, don't eat carbs. Don't eat for 12 hours a day. Don't eat fat, it, whatever. You know, what I mean, like the specifics differ. But the process at the end of the day is the same where here's the plan and now you have to follow it and force yourself to follow it with your willpower, right? And that, that's pretty much every single diet, every weight loss plan. And so um, that's why I say when we're talking about patience, I know you know you should be patient. Oh yeah, how to manage hunger. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, let me just talk a little bit about, about patience here for a second. So bringing patience into this process is so crucial. And, and I think everyone knows that logically, but they're hard. It's hard to create that feeling, right? It's very similar to like, you, you know, you should love your body, right? And you, you know, it, you tell people that you would tell, you know, your kids that love your body, you know, you know, it's, it's your one and only you love it no matter what shape it is. You say that, but it's hard for you to actually feel that, isn't it? Right. You know what I mean? So again, it's, it's logically, it makes sense. You believe it, but can you actually generate those feelings of love for your body? That's a challenge for people because a lot of people spent decades hating their body. Right. So, um, the, the way we approach all this stuff is really important. And so knowing that you should be patient is different than being able to actually feel patience. Right. So how do you actually feel patience with it? And I think the first step is you have to reframe the process. You have to get out of your mind, this idea that you're going to diet to lose the weight, because in your mind, that's a temporary thing. And anytime something's temporary, your brain just cannot resist saying, let's just stop eating. <laughs> let's just be perfect so we can lose the weight fast, right? So it's like you have got to get out of that short-term time frame. Now, one way to do that is to re-articulate the goal. And it's actually a much more accurate description of what you want. So I know like you're probably in your head constantly for decades saying, I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to, I just don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be fat. I just want to lose the weight. But that truth is that you don't just want to lose the weight, right? Because you've been saying that forever and you probably have lost the weight at some points and then just put it back on. So the truth isn't that you just want to lose the weight. You want to return to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot, a much better description of the goal you, you have for yourself. And of course, you can build on that in a lot of different ways, but you see the difference there, right? One's about what you don't want. One's about a temporary you know, situation. And the other one's really articulated the rest of your life, right? Because again, when you say, oh, I just want to lose the weight, the next question becomes, well, how long do you want to lose the weight for? Right? And I, I can hear you saying forever. Okay. So stop, stop following temporary plans when what in reality you want is a long-term result. Okay. Because the strategies to lose weight quickly and the strategies to master your weight once and for all, so you can live at your goal weight for the rest of your life are two completely different strategies. And there's no doubt about it. <laughs> okay. This is why you don't know anyone who has done a diet for decades. Do you, <laughs> you know, the people, you know, that have actually changed their weight. It's, it's a holistic transformation of themselves, how they think, how they feel, how they live, how they eat, how they behave. I've never seen any other way, you know? So this idea that you're just gonna be this person who's gonna force yourself to follow some, you know, diet, it's just got a, a temporary lifespan. We, we know this, okay? But I'm saying this so you can realize it really fully, okay? And start to set yourself up on a better path, a different path, you know, to, um, to get the results you actually want. So when you start articulating the goal as I wanna live in my goal way for the rest of my life uh, on near autopilot as well, that immediately starts to set you up to feel more patient with the process because, you know, metaphorically, most people when they're trying to lose weight with the diet thing, it's kind of like subconsciously, it's like a sprint, 
You know, it's very much like a sprint. And if you run a sprint, you trip, you're going to lose that race. So there's a lot of things embedded in the diet concept. And one of them as well is that it's all or nothing, because if you're running a sprint, you got to be perfect. If you mess up, might as well not even finish the race. You, you lost. Okay. Then that's how it feels with the diet, right? It's like, you're all, you change everything on day one. And it's like, it's like an endurance test. It's like, how long can I keep this up for? And the second you make a mistake, it's very difficult to stay on track. You know, it's just very all or nothing. And so that's because you think of it as a short-term sprint. So really what you want to think about your weight mastery, and that's the, that's the word, is that you want to master your weight and that's a forever process, right? That's for the rest of your life, okay? And so that takes some of the steam out of it, you know? So I bring it back to like, like clean, keeping your teeth clean, right? You can't just like brush the hell out of them for a week and then they'll be clean forever, right? No, you need to have a long-term strategy. You know, you need to brush them consistently every night, a little bit every night, you see? So um, it's much more that you have to orient yourself towards in instituting habits that are going to last you forever, you see? So that's where the patience comes from. And you start to reframe this whole process as one of, I don't care how long it takes me. I just want to get to my goal weight and be able to stay there. And so another way to kind of test yourself with where you're at mindset wise is what's more appealing to you? Which would you choose? Would you choose to lose the weight as fast as possible or for as long as possible? Right. And it's a good, that's it, a funny question because what it does, um, Oh, Hey Mia. Um, what it does is it, it lets you notice that, that shift, like what your conscious mind says, I want to lose it as long as possible. But again, emotionally, you're more tied into as fast as possible. Right. And so it does take work. Like you literally, you know, as a hypnotist, really what you're doing is you need to literally re rehypnotize yourself. You need to wake yourself up out of the trance that you're currently in, which is that diet mindset trance. And you need to rehypnotize yourself into a weight mastery trance where you're going to focus on developing the skill sets, um, the mental, emotional, behavioral skill sets that allow you to live at your goal weight forever. You see, so it's a, com it's a completely different process. <laughs> now, ironically, the weight mastery path, the weight math mastery process is a lot easier because the weight loss process is usually one of way overcorrecting right away, right? It's like you're starting day one, 60, 70% calorie cut, you know, and all whatever else you're stacking on top of it. But you're starting day one, just way overcorrecting, you know, for where you were at. And you just expect you're going to just, live that way until you get your goal weight. So it's really hard. It's really intense to just change everything one day. <laughs> right? And you wouldn't do this with anything else. I can't even think of anything else you do this with, you know? Um, it's like, again, I always use the metaphor. If you want to play the piano and you're just like, okay, I'm going to start playing eight hours a day. Okay. Have fun the first day. Cause the second day, your fingers are going to be all cramped. You won't be able to move them. You're gonna be able to practice for a week after that, you know, but metaphorically, that's kind of like how people approach dieting. And it's like, they way overcorrect. And they just burn themselves out, you know? And so it's time for you to kind of look at that. You know, it's like I get out of here and, and I swear part of part of what I want you to do is just take this as an opportunity to reflect, kind of go meta, pull back a little bit from yourself and look at yourself from a little bit of a distance um, or from a different angle. And just notice, notice the patterns you've been repeating over and over and over. You know, it's a very human thing that we're so smart in one sense but we repeat the same patterns with shitty results on the other sense. You know, it's, it's weird, but we do this. So take this as an opportunity to kind of reflect on what you're doing. And it, it, I mean, I'm going to get to that in one second. Um, take this as an opportunity to look at your approaches from a distance and recognize how you keep doing the same thing over and over and find new ways and new motivations to want to do it differently. Right. That, that's a big part of what I want to, I want you to get out of this. And so that's why when you start orienting towards patience, which is 180 degrees opposite of how most people are approaching their weight loss, right? You're, you're completely impatient. You just want the fastest results possible. And you don't realize that that is keeping you stuck on this diet merry-go-round, you know, um, where you just keep repeating the same process with the same shitty results over and over again. And a big part of it is that you're trapped within this impatience. Yeah. The self-sabotage. I'm, I'm going to get to that. Um, because I don't think it's self-sabotage, okay? So I'm, I'm going to reframe that for you one second here. And so patience is what I would suggest you orient to. And 
you make that a central core of what you're doing. I'm patient and I was patient with my weight loss because I, even from the beginning, and I was just fortunate enough to have been exposed to hypnosis and NLP and um, personal development things. And it completely transformed my mindset. I began interviewing people that had lost the weight and kept it off. And I very, very quickly recognized that the way they approached it was completely different than the people I knew that were trying to lose weight unsuccessfully that knew everything. You know, I always, you know, growing up, the guy who knew the most about weight loss and diets was a 400 pound family friend. He was a comedian and um, he literally did every single diet that ever existed. And he could tell you about everything. You know, I mean, he, he was way ahead of the curve. He was, this was 30 years ago, 40 years ago. This guy knew like, like all the nutrition stuff that we know about now. He couldn't get himself to do any of it though consistently. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the, the information was there in his head, but the ability to influence his behavior was not. And that's what I'm going to get to all your, your questions. because I know that that's what they all revolve around. But um, it's, it's important that you start recognizing that this is a process for the rest of your life. You know, so again, how do you bring more patients into the process of weight loss? Well, the first thing you do is change into a process of weight mastery, that you want to master your weight. And now it becomes more like how you would approach playing a musical instrument or learning a language. And so I play guitar. And if you ever want to play the piano, you would approach it in a slow, systematic way. Now, sure, you're always going to be somewhat impatient. We're humans, we're impatient. However, you got to manage that because what it comes down to is the more you can practice on the fundamentals, the more you're going to improve and grow and get the results you want. And it's no different with mastering your weight. But we've been sold this never-ending line of bullshit from the diet industry about just instant results. You've got to let that go. I always say like people approach weight loss as if like, say I want to learn the piano, but the only like places I would learn from were like courses or books that were like, learn the piano in three days, learn the piano in 24 hours, right? master the piano in one week. And it's like, all I cared about was just doing it fast. And so what ends up happening is you end up not learning the, the fundamental skills that get you the results you want, you know? And I'll end this, this topic here with, with a story. Um, of the karate student who walks into the dojo and asks the karate master, if I come every week, how long will it take me to get a black belt? And the karate master goes, it'll take you five years. And the student goes, well, what if I come twice a week? And the master goes, well, it'll take you 10 years. And he goes, well, what if I come every single day? And the karate master goes, it'll take you 20 years, <laughs> right? So why is this? Because when we get so fixated on the outcome and all our energy goes towards focusing on the outcome that we want, we have no energy left to master the process. And that's where a lot of people are with their weight loss. You're so obsessed with just losing weight quickly and you put so much energy into looking for shortcuts and just want to lose the weight fast that you take a step back and realize, geez, it's been 20, 30, 40 years that I could have put all that energy into mastering the fundamentals that would have allowed me to live at my goal weight and master my health, you see? And so it's never too late to make that shift. But that is where the patience comes from. It's a reframing of the process, okay? There's no way that you can be patient while you're trying to lose weight as fast as possible. Do you see what I'm saying? That, that, that mental framework of, I just want to lose weight as fast as possible prevents any patience from existing in there, you see? And so the way to feel more patience with your weight loss is to reframe it as a never ending lifelong process that you're going to do forever. And just like if you're going to learn a musical instrument, you don't get to a point where I learned it. I learned all the songs. I learned everything. It never stops, right? It's always a process of growth and improvement and optimization, which is exciting. You know, that that triggers in our mind. We like to improve at things. We like to get better at things, okay? So this process, ironically, is easier and it's what our brain likes to do. The problem is you're never allowed to even think that about your weight. It's always this fast, rapid weight loss. And if it's not fast and rapid, then it's not worth it. Okay. That's complete and utter bullshit. And you've got to wake yourself up from that trance. You're literally in a trance when it comes to weight. It's keeping you stuck. And the way to do that is to rearticulate the goal that I don't just want to lose weight. I want to return to my goal weight and live the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot. And I'm willing to slow down and really master the fundamentals so I can make that happen because it's so important to me. And the, the patience is more embedded in that process. All right. So I hope that makes sense. Okay. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask them. I want to ask, answer a couple of them. Tips on how to manage hunger. Um, yeah. The biggest tip on managing hunger is understand calorie density and volume of food. Okay. So you could look up calorie density, uh, volumetrics. Okay. Look that up. And that that's, there's your answer. <laughs> um, 
because a lot of people have the, the mistaken assumption that in order to lose weight, you need to just stop eating. You know, that's not true. You need to reduce calories, but you can eat more food and reduce calories by changing what you're eating. Okay. And so here's a spoiler alert. It's, it's usually more natural foods, right? Turns out vegetables and fruits and, and kind of whole foods and unprocessed foods are typically less calorie dense. There's less calories in them per size, right? So a cookie's this big and may have a hundred calories in it. A salad might be this big and have a hundred calories in it. So the salad takes up a lot more space. So this, the volume of food is a big factor in how satisfied you feel from it. Um, the, the, what you're eating is, is another factor. So if you're consuming a lot of fiber, if you eat a big salad, it takes up a lot of space and there's a lot of fiber in it. So it takes up more room in your stomach. It takes slower to exit your stomach and get in your intestines. While it stays in your intestines, because it's a lot of fiber, it doesn't all get absorbed. So it stays in there, and makes you feel fuller. And, um, you know, so I'll give that's the quick and simple one. I'll give you that. Um, I've been struggling with all or nothing mindset. I binged today and yesterday, but I find that I also self-sabotage for some reason. And I don't understand why. Yeah. Okay. So again, this just comes down to the all or nothing thing. Again, it's that, that literally is that diet trance that, that we're all in to some degree. You know what I mean? It's, it's literally the diets have been around 60 years and just, it's been bombardment. And the biggest trick of the diets is that they always seem different. And so it makes it even worse because Again, you might have a diet. We've had years and years of dieting and um, they all say something different on the surface. But at the end of the day, they're all the same because you're supposed to just use your willpower to follow them, you know? And again, with the diets, you um, the, the core of it is that there's short-term thinking, which leads to this all or nothing mindset, right? You're either perfect or what's the point, right? Because you're usually doing difficult things like, Again, it's that sprint mentality and dieting is very difficult because you're cutting a huge portion of your calories out instantly and you just, you're, it's, it's difficult right? <laughs> to just change your eating completely is, uh, is really hard. So, um, it becomes this all or nothing thing, you know? And so again, it, as you take a step back and realize that, you know, when you binge what, what I do, okay. So, and what I suggest to people, so, okay. So my program is called Program Yourself Thin. The very first thing I, I teach people is a self-hypnosis technique, the Program Yourself Thin technique, but it's really two techniques, the redo and rehearsal. So the redo technique is something you do at night and you reflect on the day, choose the worst eating behavior you had or the, the one, and I use the word mistake. I, you know, so, so no, nothing's a mistake. No, no eating's a mistake. I mean, come on now. Like, like, you know, I know, I know, I know what we mean, but, but stop. I mean, if you're going to improve in something, you need a feedback loop. Okay. So yeah, I get triggered. I, I get triggered by comments on videos. Um, anyways, so, so, um, so, okay. So, so you, you look at what you did. So for example, Mia, you would have looked at yesterday and said, okay, I binged today. What was going on there? So you reflect on it. You know, usually what people do when they make a mistake is they either just put it out of their mind or they beat themselves up about it. And neither one of them is going to help you solve it. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to say, well, what was going on there? why was I binging? Was it a physical thing? Was it an emotional thing? Was it an environmental thing? Who knows? You know? So why do people binge most of the time? Right. Now, now again, I, I've, I had a video come out this week and it was one of the ones that every once in a while I put a video out in the eating disorder community get, gets involved with it. And I get that, that view of the world. And, um, and then they get on the lives and they, they ask things like, how can I stop eating? You know, how can I deal? How can I go days without eating? You know, things like that. And, um, you know, I, I have no answer for that because that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, my definition of thin is for you to be at your goal weight and your goal weight, I think should be the weight that makes you the happiest, the healthiest and gives you the best quality of life. Okay. And so part of that is quality of life wise is you, you can maintain it somewhat easily. And so what I find sometimes is people binge or they have the nighttime eating syndrome stuff because they're trying to cut their calories by so much. So that's my first, I just literally just made a video on this. It's not always the case, but it's usually the case because even if you're just going on a diet, the average American consumes around 2,700 calories a day. The average diet used to tell you to go to 1,200 calories. That's a 65% reduction in calories, calories instantly. Well, your body's freaking out. And so what happens is every cell of your body starts screaming for nutrition and food. Your mind gets hyper fixated on food. You can smell every food within a mile. You can hear the crackling of, uh, you know, bags opening with, with chips in them. It's so it's like to, to try and cut your calories by 70% and then maintain that is like self torture. It's completely, there's no strategy there. You know, it's just an, 
it's an over response an overcorrection. That's what people do. I'm not saying you do that, Mia, but typically when people have struggles with binging, a lot of it is they're not eating enough. And so their body's like rebelling almost and they can't control themselves once they get around food. Another one could be emotional, right? So there's emotional binging, you know? And so um, that's another side of things, right? So maybe you're really sad or stressed or whatever emotion may trigger the, the binging. And so what we want to do is we want to recognize what emotion triggered it. And then we want to strategize to figure out what are other things I can do when I feel that way. Because for a lot of people, the only the only response they have to feeling shitty emotions or to feel the emotions they want is with food, you know, so it's a huge component of it as well. And then sometimes it's environmental. You know, you end up people do this with restaurants, right? You go to certain restaurants, you end up way overeating, right? Why? Because you go into a trance. Our The environments we're in put us into trances. OK, that's how our behavior works. So, um, yeah, so, so that's why I say don't be all or nothing. Be all or something. Um, and this is going to take a step further. You may not like this, but. When you make mistakes, when you binge, sometimes it's the greatest teachers you can have. You know, we tend to learn more from mistakes than from successes, you know? So in my program, we use uh, this, with something like this happens, we use a concept called utilization, right? And what this means is that whether we eat great during the day or whether we make a mistake, we're going to utilize both of them equally. If we eat great, we reinforce that perfect, great, that strategy worked, I'm going to do that next time, we set ourselves up for success again. If we binge, then we say, okay, what's going on there? What could I have done differently? Knowing what I know now, how would I handle that? And we, we learn from it, right? Something people rarely do when it comes to their food because it's all or nothing because you think you're just, you think your weight loss depends on your willpower. And you think, well, oh, I, I binge today. That means I don't have any willpower. Uh, I can't do it, you know? And it's like, you wouldn't do this with anything else. It's like, if I go to play the piano and I mess something up, oh, I guess I can't play the piano. My kid does that and he's getting better. Right. But he's always been very much like that. Like we'll go out and shoot a basketball miss. I, I can't shoot. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and that's how people are with the weight loss. Don't take this personally, but people are like big old babies when it comes to their weight loss. No offense, but you are, <laughs> you're probably a big old baby when it comes to your weight loss. Cause it's like, if you mess up, Oh, I can't do this. You, you're doing good for a week and then you don't lose the weight you expected. All oh, of this sucks. It's not working. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and it's not your fault. You've been conditioned to be this way because you think in a diet, you're, you're trapped in a diet mindset. And um, that all or nothing thing is just one more extension of that, you know? Uh, da, da, da. And that's why, yeah. So Mia, you said, and I can't, I don't understand why, right? But are you reflecting on it saying, well, what's going on there? What is happening? Where am I at? You know, are you? Why do we self-sabotage? I'm trying to kind of collect the data from my mistakes to improve and understand why I act a certain way. Yeah. Great. Great. What do you think about Maharo? Have you heard anything about it? My doctor just prescribed it. Um, yes, definitely emotional binge. I was drained emotionally. So I turned to food for comfort. Yeah. Great. So again, it's about dying. See, like no one ever does this because they're just like, well, I either ate perfect or I didn't. And that's, that's it. You know what I mean? And again, it, it happens. We make the mistake, which you're always going to make mistakes. Like for the rest of your life, there's no, like you have to get this idea out of your mind because the diet, yeah, you could eat perfect for a little while. Sure. But you will, the longer that timeline gets, the less you're, you're not going to be perfect. I promise you, you're not gonna eat perfect ever for any extended period of time. So you might as well organize around that fact, right? But you're not, you and your mind think dieting wise, you're like, oh, I could eat perfect for a little while. And then and you do some weird thing in your head where you think, you're like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do once I lose the weight, but I'll just keep eating perfect. I don't know. I'll figure it out then, you know? And so, and you keep looping through this. So instead of like going to the denial or beating yourself up when you make a mistake, get your little investigator magnifying glass. Of, well, what was going on there? Oh, emotional. Oh, maybe I'm emotional binger. Oh, when I get sad. Oh, I was drained. And uh, when I get drained, I, I tend to go to food for comfort. Oh, okay. That's interesting. It, do I have any other better strategies? When I feel drained, what are some other things I could do? You never think this. Right. Because if you go into denial, you just say, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Yes, you are. Because it's a subconscious program. Or you say, I'm going to beat myself up. I shouldn't have done that. Why did I binge? Why? What am I doing? I want to lose weight. Oh, here I go again. And every time you keep thinking about the mistake, you're literally programming your subconscious mind more. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. Right. I tell you not to think about a banana. Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a yellow banana. What are you thinking about? Right. And so we say, oh, why did, I, why did I beat my, I shouldn't have done that. I don't want to overeat anymore. I don't want to binge anymore. What are you thinking about? You're thinking about yourself binging. No solution in sight. And this is what most people do. And this is why they just keep uh, cycling through the same bullshit over, 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 over. 
So what do you do? He sort of goes, oh, I'm an emotional binger. But what's that mean? Let's get more detailed. Oh, when I'm drained, when I feel depressed, you know, when I'm in certain places, right? So if you, I want to see what you wrote there. You just wrote, I want to see that. Yeah, emotional. I was drained emotionally. Yeah, drained emotionally. And I would get more detail on that. When I'm drained emotionally, what can I do? Because I'll tell you what I do. I get depressed. And when I notice I'm depressed, I, I notice it, first of all. I notice the feeling. And then I start to notice my head. I get this voice that gets louder than normal. That's just, it's just a negative voice. It's all, negative is all get out. It's, it's very, they call it catastrophic thinking. I get that voice where everything's the worst. You know what I mean? Oh, that's not going to work. That sucks. That's not going to work. Oh my God, this isn't going to happen. Well, that's why I started saying to myself. Now I recognize that. And sometimes I can't stop that voice and it just keeps going. And so, and I'll just feel like shit. I'll just feel down and depressed. I can't think clear. Like I get that voice chirping in my head. And so what I will do typically is I will just go to sleep. I'll go sleep. Cause a lot of times what I've noticed is when I feel drained emotionally, it's cause I'm drained energetically. And so most of the time I will go and get extra sleep and that will fix it most of the time. Will that work for you? I don't know, but that's what works for me. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to figure out yourself. Like you've got to figure out how you operate. You're a unique person. This is why diets don't work. This idea that some plan's going to come down the pike from a person who's never met you, has no idea about you and what? They're just going to tell you how to eat in your life? Do you know what? I always say like, it's so ridiculous it'd be like if i was like oh here's a here's a plant this is how you should live well what you don't know me <laughs> i don't like doing any of those things right so you get this plan it's like oh here's an eating plan yeah but you'll lose weight yeah but i don't i don't like i like eating carbs no who cares you got to eat this way <laughs> you know what i mean it's just it makes no sense so the process has to be revolving around the fact that you're a unique person who has unique solutions strengths and weaknesses and you got to recognize your own patterns strengths and weaknesses and optimize around those and you know, it's like I've been playing a lot of basketball and kids playing basketball and coaching a team and stuff. And it's like you realize like every kid's got kind of their own unique talents and weaknesses, skill wise, physically and mentally and emotionally. You know what I mean? And so you, you build around those things and it's a process, you know. So it's like you got to do that around yourself and notice you've done none of that. You've done none of that. You just you approach it like you're just you, you do it extre all externally. You're just like, oh, give me this plan. Oh, look at this medication. Oh, look at that workout. Look at that thing. Let me try that. And it's like, you never learn anything else about yourself. And you just, you get, you keep trying these plans that aren't built for you, that have nothing to do with you, that never resolve your core problems. And you keep struggling with it. But the worst part is you say, there must be something wrong with me. Well, how do we know? <laughs> you never try and fix what is the problem. So if you get drained, let's just say, for example, that you get drained emotionally and you binge three times a week. That's a huge problem. So why don't we focus on that for a little while and fix it? Because instead, what do you want to do? I just want to change all my eating tomorrow. All of it. I don't want to deal with the binge. I don't want to think about that stuff. I just want to eat perfectly tomorrow. It's it's so ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. I go crazy with this stuff because it's so asinine. It's it's and I I'm again understand. I'm not blaming any of you. It's it's the diets. The diets have got us hypnotized to think like, like again, hypnosis is the bypassing of the critical faculty. Okay. So it's basically appealing to your subconscious mind, which is not logical. It's the Pavlovian associative mind just links things together. This is why when you think weight loss diet, you know, now when you take a step back and use your logical brain and say, Hmm, I've tried 500 diets in my life. They've never worked. Maybe I should stop trying diets. Maybe the diet's not working, but that's not what you're doing. You get really upset about your weight. So I've got to start a diet. Oh, what's next? Oh, Zempic. Oh, oh, intermittent fasting. Oh, Mediterranean. You know what I mean? You're just desperate. You know what I mean? Like stop, calm down, relax. Okay. Realize this is a forever process. Okay. And start working on what your biggest problem is right now. Because for example, Mia, if, if emotional binging is the biggest problem, that's what I'd focus on because never mind just the weight and the food and the eating part of it. You're never going to believe this folks. How about this? Your weight really doesn't mean a shit of difference. Most of the time, let's just say emotional binging. What's that mean? Well, I get depressed. I get, I have a lifestyle where I get completely exhausted and drained and then I get depressed and then I eat. So you come to me and say, well, the weight's the problem. I say, never mind the weight. How about <laughs> the, the lifestyle part where you get drained and then emotionally depressed? Can we work on that first <laughs> and then get to the weight? Do you know what I mean? It's like, how about we make you feel better first and then let's deal with the weight? Oh my God. Can you imagine? Right? And it's complete 180. That's why I always say my, my approach is an inside out approach to mastering your weight. 
and everything you're doing, you, you never go inside the skin. You never do it. You just try to keep following some tactic on the outside. You don't give a shit how you feel. You don't care about your energy levels. You don't care about your moods. You don't care about your hunger. You don't care about your cravings. You just think all those things are going to be there. They're going to be there and you're going to fight against them. It's not true. You can resolve most of those things, right? And so there's an example, Mia. So you start to look right now. I know you get drained and then you binge because of that regularly. And instead of thinking like, oh, what's going on there? What's what's leading up to that? You know, thinking holistically, the binge doesn't just happen. That's what most people do. They're like, oh, I got to stop binging. Well, what happened before that to lead to that situation? Oh, maybe I didn't go to, I slept four hours a night before. The day before I ate a thousand calories. Um, you know, the, the day before I got to fight with my, my boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And so it's like all these things happen and then lead to that. And no one ever looks at it that way. It's like, oh, I binge here. I'll give you the example. I always say this, but I hear this so much. It's like people say, oh, everything's going great. It's just, it's the afternoon and nighttime eating. And I said, well, what are you eating for lunch and, and breakfast? Nothing. Well, what do you want to eat for afternoon and dinner? Nothing. Well, <laughs> what? Take a step back and think about what you're saying. You know, it's like, and we get so emotional, we get completely illogical. Um, what do you think about Majero? I don't know about Majero specifically. Um, is it is it like the, I know the big rage is all the diabetes medicines for weight loss. I have some clients on Ozempic and I'll tell you, like if you're a diabetic and you need to take it, okay. But if you're not a diabetic, that's intense ass medication. You know, <laughs> it's not where I'd want to start. You know, I'm, I'm not saying, I, I don't disagree with medicines. I'm not anti-medicine, but I think it should be a, a thing of last resort, you know? Um, the sad thing is that I'm in a small deficit, 200 calories. So I kind of undid my work of last two days. See, that's what I mean, Mia, though. You, you didn't, you didn't undo shit. Okay. You didn't undo anything. If you grow in some real way, I just made this video. If all you're measuring during your weight loss journey, if the only thing you're measuring is the scale, the number on the scale or the size clothes, you're almost guaranteed to not get the results you want. And if you get the results, you're probably just going to be miserable and not keep the results. OK, so I'd suggest Mia, for you, for example, is that you start looking at this inside out approach and you start recognizing that maybe this binge thing when you get drained comes up somewhat regularly. And that's the thing you should focus in on. And if you can get some headway with that, you naturally and automatically are influencing your weight as well. You see, if we just focus on the external things, we can resist, you know, the, our behaviors for a little while, but eventually they're going to come through. So if we go to the source and change things, we it's a preventative mindset. You know, we can prevent a lot of these things. I, I hope that makes sense. But you didn't undo anything because it's like, so what? What if you didn't binge yesterday? What if you were able to stop yourself from binging yesterday when you're emotionally drained and depressed and you stopped yourself? Would you Would you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm still on the right track? Because I wouldn't. I would feel like you're just, it's a matter of time. You haven't dealt with the core problem. Does that make sense? You know, so I'm way more about let, let's go to where the core problems are and let's work on resolving those. Because if we can resolve those, Everything that flows outside of those improves. If we emotionally binge three times a week and we, we emotionally binge and then we say, oh my God, I blew everything. Oh, I got a blue. Because you're approaching your weight loss like it's an endurance test. Everyone does. You know, It's this endurance test of how long can I be perfect for? And then you're in your mind, okay, well, I'm gonna keep being perfect. I wanna get these crazy results. You know, But I'm telling you, it's because you're locked in this short-term time frame. And you again, how long do you wanna keep the weight off for? You know, um, um all right, <laughs> you know, all fired up. I got to calm down. My dad said there's a shortage of one. Shortage of one what? Shortage of zo. Zoe. I don't know what that means. Shortage of Zoe? <laughs> I never know if people are trolling me and say stuff. I don't, I don't think you are, but it's just funny. When, when people ask like questions, I'm like, what? What's that mean? It's usually like something's coming to make me look stupid. All right, can you talk about intermittent fasting, how to start and how to end? Yep. Sure. Um, yeah. And Nadia, I'll get to your question there. Um, okay. What shortage is Zoe? What does that mean? All right. So yeah, intermittent fasting. I, I'm a fan. I like intermittent fasting, but I like it within context. Well, you have to understand intermittent fasting. I was just looking this up. I think that's the number one diet right now, right? That's the number one diet, which is fine. But, but here's the problem with diets typically is that it's like one tactic, right? So you get the diet and it's like one tactic, just do this, right? To me, I have three pillars of weight mastery that I was teaching my program. And, and I say pillars, but it's really like a pyramid shape. The, the bottom level is your mindset. The next level is your lifestyle. And then the third level is your eating strategies. Okay. And so intermittent fasting is obviously the intermittent strat is, is eating strategy. 
right? And I think it's a good one. Um, I do it. I didn't intend to do it that way. Um, my worst habit was eating at night after dinner. And so I really worked on not doing that. Well, it turns out I stopped eating six, seven o'clock at night. I don't eat till seven, eight o'clock the next day. Hey, what do you know? I'm intermittent fasting spontaneously. Um, and I, it's been one of the best things I've ever done in my life, not only because it definitely helped me master my weight, um, but it feels good. You know, I, I think us human bodies were not designed to eat food all the time. So I think giving us a break is great. Um, so I don't know intermittent fasting. I'm a big fan of now. Again, I, I leave it up to everyone. My number one rule of everything is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. You know? So I think that, um, you know, I don't like fasting. Like I wouldn't want to fast a whole day, but that's because when I fast a whole day, I get obsessed with food. So I don't like to do that. You know? Um, I find my, my evening fasting is very comfortable for me. You know, I don't get that hungry. I wake up, I, everything feels good. So that would be my first suggestion to you is that you recognize if you're now at first, it might feel a little intense because it's something might be something new for you, but, um, ultimately intermittent fasting, um, you know, you want it to be somewhat comfortable. So work up to it, you know, start again. I don't know where you're at, but I would suggest intermittent fasting. I would focus on before bed. That's where you get the most bang for your buck. I always say this to people. If you can change your eating or stop eating, the more hours you can stop eating before bed, the better. Okay. Because then you just sleep better. Your body's able to rest, you know, and then, then you recuperate and you wake up the next day and that there's a lot of benefits to that. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of ways to go into it. Eat more fiber, you know what I mean? So you feel more nourished and satisfied for longer. Um, eating more nutrients, getting more nourishment and healthy things into your body. That's always good as well. Um, you know, but, but yeah, starting, starting and ending an intermittent fast. So I don't know, like, like, again, I don't know, like, I'll, how do I, I start it by, I eat dinner and then I usually have like a piece of chocolate or something. And then I stop eating. I drink water, you know, water helps. Um, and then when I wake up the next morning, I'm usually, usually within an hour. Or so I'm, I'm eating, you know, and I have my normal breakfast, Ezekiel toast, natural peanut butter, apple, peanut butter, um, water, you know? So I don't know if that, if that helps you. Um, what do you say about binge eating once in a while? I mean, I personally don't like binge eating at all. I don't like how that feels. And that brings me to a point, you know, I always tell this story that I started doing yoga um, 30 years ago. I started doing yoga and that was a big change in how I ate. Um, it, it changed a lot how I ate because what happened is I, for the first time in my life, I became much more in tune with my body. And I always tell this story that I remember one time I I had gotten a meatball grinder and I ate it like six, seven o'clock at night. And around 10 o'clock, I went to go do yoga. So I was talking like three, four hours later. And I remember sitting there, I was in a dark room and I was like, oh, I'm, like, oh, I'm so full. I'm like, I can't do any yoga, you know? Um, and so I was like, oh, th this feels unbelievable. Now I was, I was almost 20 years old then. I was like, holy cow, I, is this how I feel every time after I eat these foods? And I've never noticed it. Because what happens? Typically, we eat these foods and what? We sit and watch TV or on the computer scroll. We're doing something distracts us and our, our attention's going out instead of in. And so that first time I did yoga after eating like that grinder, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe how this makes my body feel. I felt like stuffed. I was tired. I just, I felt full. I didn't feel good at all. And so that was a real eye opener for me. So yeah, binge eating, um, that, that's what I do, but that's what I do anyway. So, so I, I overeat, you know, I wouldn't say it's a binge, um, but I definitely overeat random times and I used to do a lot more and I systematically kind of weaned it out. But the way that I've weaned it out is not by beating myself up and saying, I can't overeat. It's by when I do overeat or eat too much of the wrong stuff, I sit quietly with my body and I connect to that feeling. And I say, I don't like this. I don't like how this feels, which goes into one of my core strategies of really mastering how you eat, which is that most people, when they think about what food they're going to eat, they're really just thinking about the consumption of it. You know, millions of food ads in your life. When you think about food, you're just thinking about the, like looking forward to it and then the eating it. And that's it. That's the movie you make in your mind to decide. And so usually people say, okay, I could eat this food or I could not eat this food. And then that feels like deprivation. So that way of trying to stop yourself from eating is very ineffective. A much more effective way is to say, I could eat this food. It tastes good. But five minutes after I'm done, there's a mental, emotional, and physical consequence of it. And that consequence is very close. So it's much more um, motivating to your mind. It's real. And so you can look at that. That's the shift I look to install all my clients subconsciously. So that when you think about food, you stop thinking only about the consumption of it. And you start also taking into account the consequence of it. That's right on the other side. And I find that to be very helpful because now it becomes like, not like, oh, the food tastes really good. I can't have it. Deprivation. It becomes, oh, that food's really good. I could have it. 
But then I know, oh man, 10 minutes later, I'm going to be feeling, I'm going to be frustrated with myself. I'm going to be beating myself up. Physically, I'm going to be stuffed. You know, I'm going to have a sugar spike, whatever. And so that's a more accurate way to look at it. And it's easier in that when you do it that way, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't want that. You know, um, I understand there's a trigger to binge eating, but life happens. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that's it too. And I, I think that's a healthy way of looking at it that, yeah, like, like there's, I, I just, I was working with a client. I was talking with someone earlier and uh, they, yesterday, they had a great plan for the day and they really did have a good plan. We've been working, they got, they got good strategies. Everything was in, in place. But then all of a sudden, you know, it's like they were getting a lot of work done in the house, like roof done, electricians, just all, all this different stuff was going on. And it completely threw off her day. You know what I mean? Like it completely, all of a sudden the day that was supposed to go like this to this, all of a sudden was filled with uncertainty and, oh my God, I don't know what's going on, tension and stress and all this stuff. And so, and she's like, oh, then I ordered a pizza at the end of the night. <laughs> okay. So we have to look at reasons and excuses. I mean, some that's like you said, life happens, you know what I mean? And sometimes, yeah, it's just going to happen and you let it go. Because I always suggest to people, they really focus on the 80% of their eating, you know, not the 20% that, you know, special occasions, weird events, strange things, weekends, you know, whatever times where you're kind of more relaxed and focus really on the habit part of it, you know, the, the habitual part of it that goes on and on. But, um, and then work to wean down the binges, right? Because they probably don't feel that good mentally, emotionally, and physically after you do them, you know, but just work on weaning them out. It doesn't have to be, you got to get out of the like endurance thinking of just like, your streak, right? You're always thinking about like in a streak, how many days in a row can I eat perfectly? How many days in a row can I go without a binge? And ironically, that way of thinking encourages more of that behavior because you're subconsciously fixated on that thing. And just like counting the days, how long can I go without doing it? You know? And so it sets you up to do it. Everything's revolving around that, you know? So listen, binges are going to happen. Overeating happens. You know, I've been eating more sugar and, and chocolate and candy this week right? It's Valentine's day, which usually isn't a problem this year. I don't know what happened. There's just, just chocolate and candy everywhere. Part of my daughter works at a chocolate store now. Um, but you know, it's, it, there are things happening and that are new. You know what I mean? It's new this year. And so I've eaten more chocolate. Than I normally do, you know, but I recognize what it is. I'm okay with it, you know, within balance and I'll be more prepared next year, you know, whatever. Um, someone says I have a headache when I fast, any recommendations to prevent the headache? <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't fast. I don't know how long you fasting for, but let me know that. Cause I want to know what I'm talking about here. Like I said, I've been getting a lot of eating disorder people and they, they trick me because they'd be like, Oh, what's going on? I don't know why. I don't know why I'm binging. And then I get more details and it's like, they're trying not to eat for four days in a row. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't believe in any of that, you know? So I just want to make sure that we're on the same page here. Um, what is, what is your intermittent fasting period times? Let me, let me know what your, what do you consider an intermittent fast period before I go any further with this? Um, down eight pounds already. Nice job. What have you been doing? How'd you do it? I use salt when I'm fasting. It helps to stave off my headaches. How long are y'all fasting? Um, it, this better not be. This better not be. I, I get this, and it's like when I start seeing the strategies of, of eating disordered, disordered eating. Um, and I understand the disorder. I, I get that, you know. Water fasting. I'm very overweight. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't suggest water fasting. I eat one a day. I faster for five. Here we go. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I bring, I bring you all back to the core. What's the goal here? You know what I mean? This idea that, that a number on a scale is going to make you feel better. I mean, you know, that that's not the truth, you know? So you've got to cultivate a richer, more meaningful goal. I would suggest. And I do this with my overweight clients, you know, that are struggling to, to lose weight. Um, it all comes down to what's the goal. You know, and if the goal is just a number on a scale, you're going to struggle, whether it's you're overweight and you want to lose it. And it's just a number on a scale doesn't have enough meaning. And if you're way underweight and you just want to get more underweight because you think that number is going to mean something and do something, it's not, you know, and so there always needs to be more meaning to it. And I always suggest the meaning you might want to orient around is quality of life, you know, and I don't think the quality of life of just trying to eat as little as possible to be as skinny as possible um, is good. Okay, no, I'm fasting. I know it's not the great way. It was 206 pounds, now 198. So I'm just going to keep going to get to 175. Then we'll stop. And let me ask you this. What, what do you think is going to happen when you stop? When you get to 175 and you stop water fasting, what do you think is going to happen? You know? But that I'm I'm kind of glad you said that. And I understand you're desperate and you're upset with the weight. I understand all that. But um, 
this is a learning moment for all of us because this is exactly what I was talking about that you're like all of you, if you're struggling with your weight, it's 100%. You're in this literal, it's a literal trance and you don't know what that means exactly. But it basically means, I mean, think about hypnosis. What's the, any tips on binge eating? Well, now, now I'm getting the feeling, right? Binge eating. Is it because you're trying to eat like one meal a day or you're trying to not, you're trying to eat one meal a week <laughs> and you're wondering why you're binge eating. Um, but uh, I don't want to say. Yeah, but I want to I get back to this because because account 4517, like you're, I hope this is the learning. I, I hope to save a lot of pain for you. You know what I mean? Because, and, and this is a learning moment for everyone because this is what I'm talking about. Subconsciously, when you think about dieting, when you think about weight loss, you're thinking about it as a temporary thing. I just want to lose the weight. And then you don't think past that. You just think, you think to the point someone can say, I'm going to water fast. I'm just going to drink water until I lose 40 pounds. And then I'm going to stop. And like, to me, it's like, well, I don't, that doesn't mean anything to me. I, that, that seems like a perfect strategy to feel super depressed. And whenever you get to 175, I don't know, it'll take you a couple of weeks, couple months. But when you get to that 175, that couple of days after are going to be some of the most depressing days of your life. The next couple of weeks are going to be some of the most depressing weeks of your life because you're going to be, well, and then you're going to be like, wow, why can't I maintain it? Why can't you maintain what? Drinking water forever? You know, I just made a video. You should go watch it. it. I was being completely sarcastic. My 10 pounds a week plan, right? And I say that you want to know what it is. I know y'all want to know what it is. It's stop eating food, stop drinking any liquids, right? So, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, but why don't you just stop drinking liquids if you're serious about losing weight? I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't mean that. Um, and then exercise as much as possible until you pass out, right? And it, it's a joke just to just to bring this point to the surface that this idea of doing anything you can to lose the weight is so short-sighted, you know, and some people are more extreme than others, but pretty much everyone's wrapped up in it. This idea that you just want to lose the weight, just want to lose the weight. Well, how do you want to lose it? And how long do you want to lose it for? To water fast until you get to 175 and then what? Then what? What? Then start eating food again, put all the weight back on. Great. Now you've damaged your metabolism. You've made yourself depressed. You feel like you're a failure. You've screwed up your relationship with food. You're going to be obsessed with food, by the way. You know, so it's like, if you want to, what did you say? You started at 204. That, that, that to me is a great strategy to get to 250, 300, I would say. Water fasting and to water fasting to lose 40 pounds, I think is a great strategy to go over the weight you started at by 40, 50, 100 pounds. Because, you know, look up the Dutch famine experiment, by the way. I'm not just talking out my ass here. I'm talking about real science. Okay. Epigenetics, look it up. And um, never mind harming your metabolism. You harm your mindset. You get yourself absolutely obsessed with food. You know? <laughs> Thanks for the great advice, right? Is there any specific time you do lives I want to share with friends? Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah. Hey, that's all right. I, I mean, again, you know, like I don't, uh, my world is helping people that are, are overweight, that are struggling to lose the weight and want to do it, you know, a, a real genuine solution, you know? Um, and then the eating disorder people, you know, it's like, I don't know why I don't, I don't deal with eating disorder. So it's like, I don't have a lot of solutions like at, at the ready. You know what I mean? Like I definitely, I always say this that I, I feel like I have a lot of things as a hypnotist and, and working with people. I've done over 5,000, you know, private weight loss sessions um, that could help you actually res help at least, you know, get you on the right path. But I, I can't just, I can't just say, I'm I don't know. I don't have the experience working with people, you know, but uh, yeah. You know, I, I, again, when I think about weight, it's all about quality of life stuff, you know? And so I don't know. I just think it's short term. What, what happens? What happens if you get to 170 just drinking water? Do you feel great? Do you feel great? You're down to 170? Maybe. But what happens? I mean, you must know in the back of your mind, right? And, and this is all of the, the disordered eating stuff. In the back of your mind, you just know, like, it's just not right. It's not sustainable. I can't keep this up. This isn't good for me. It doesn't feel good, like, inside. And by the way, I've heard, I've heard enough from the disordered people that say, well, I feel like I'm punishing myself. It's not like, it's not a process filled with love. It's not you love being thin. It's just like, it's a process filled with just, just not feeling good. So it's like, you know, I don't know again, but I think there's a congruence there of where people are struggling to lose weight and people are struggling to be at a healthier weight. I think there, one place where they do meet is like, what's the goal, you know? And if the goal is just that number on a scale, if, it's, if, if the main goal is just a number, this disassociated number from any meaning, I just feel like it makes the process, it just doesn't feel like the right process to me. 
You know, I always feel like there needs to be so much more meaning um, involved with it. And it's got to, cause I, I mean, my program, I always base around intrinsic motivation, you know, things that, you know, so I always say like, for example, I think a lot of times people try and make the weight loss more important than they really feel like it is, you know? And so what I always suggest to people is like, identify what already is really important in your life, right? It's usually relationships. Okay. And so like whoever's the most important person in your life might be your kids, might be a partner, might be parents, might be friends, family, whatever. And you think about your weight in terms of that relationship. How can I make that relationship the best possible relationship I can make it? How can I be the best version of myself I can possibly be? I always say you just take your weight and wrap it in personal development, you know, and make this a process of being the best person that you can actually be. And I think by looking at it that way, it forces you to think outside of like a number on a scale because the number on the scale doesn't make you happy. I think we all know that to some degree. The disordered pre eating people know that for sure because they say, well, I get to my goal weight and then I want more. You know what I mean? It's a, it, there's a lack of context there. What's the meaning? What's the point? If you're just chasing a number on a scale and you think, that's, you think that number equals like a sense of happiness, like it clearly doesn't. And people are struggling to lose weight. It's the same thing. You know, that's why they lose weight and put it back on. You know, so you've got to cultivate, like you've got to do this. It's, it does just doesn't happen naturally for some reason. And I don't know if this is cultural conditioning or where this comes from, but I think the first part of the process is really saying, why do I want to live at this weight that I've chosen? What's it going to do for me? You know, and I hope part of that is that it should be, I think, right. That the real motivation is it is going to help me be the best version of myself. You know, I want to be the best version of myself. And what is that? You know, because once you ask that question, it, Clearly, the best version of yourself is not dictated by the number on a scale, right? Because if you're water fasting, right? If you're water fasting to lose 40 pounds, I mean, how long is that going to take? A couple of weeks at least, right? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Calorie count gets in your head. I get that, you know? Um, I wouldn't necessarily want to calorie count either. I, I don't really suggest calorie counting. Um, I think calorie counting is okay as a calibration tool because I think a lot of people are bad at measuring where they're at. Um, and so I think it's good to calibrate, just, you know, to count calories, measure calories, see, see where you're at. What I'm, what I'm assuming is a serving. Is that a serving? What I'm assuming is hundred calories. Is that hundred calories? Oh, it's 300 calories. Oh, well, no wonder you see what I mean? So I think tracking and measuring that stuff is, is good for like, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, just to calibrate where you're at and just find out. Cause you're probably way underestimating. Okay. But for me personally, like the idea of like, constantly tracking and measuring and weighing every little thing would be a nightmare to me. I'd never want to do that. Okay. But again, and I'm not picking on you with the water thing, please don't take it this way. Um, but, but I get emotional about it because it's such a shitty strategy. It, it's completely misguided. And so what am I going to do? What am I doing here? If I, if I just say, Oh, what, just not say anything about it. You know, people just want to just starve themselves to death. You know what I mean? Starve themselves to be what X amount of pounds. Well, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to just sit here and not say anything. I'm not saying I got the solutions for y'all, um, but, but anyways, but the water one, it's like, is that, is, is water fasting for two, three weeks? Okay. Best strategy. All right. Very, very good. That's, I, I appreciate that. I thought, I thought you took off and left. So I'm glad you stuck this out. So first thing I would suggest, by the way, all of you is go check out, um, check out my bio, go click that link and go get that hypnosis session. I'm, I'm giving you a hypnosis session for free. Go listen to it. Cause that's, the entrance into a different strategy, this inside out approach, you know, to, to transformation. And, um, and then, then once you opt in, you brought to a page, there's a training, right? The half hour training, three steps to master your weight, go watch that. And then every day I send you emails that are encouraging and motivating and teach you things to help you master your weight. Okay. All that stuff free. I do these lives all the time. I do videos, all this stuff I'm, I'm doing podcast program yourself thing. Go check it out. Okay. So, let me just finish out my thought with the water fasting though. So I, I think this is, I really appreciate getting on this to say this because it does help us all make a point. And I know this process is probably snapping you out of a trance to some degree, right? Cause you're really convinced yourself because you're watching that scale go down. And you're like, wow, this water fasting is working pretty well for me. No, it's not because the goal cannot just be that. I just want to lose as much weight as I possibly can with unsustainable means because I ask you, and let me ask you, I'm not going to answer that best strategy then until I know what your goal is. How long would you like to be at 175 pounds? Can you answer me that? Once you answer that, I'll, I'll give you the best strategy. Um, but we've got to reorient ourselves. The number on the scale is not enough. And if you keep chasing that number on the scale and think it's, weight is like money, right? It, it, it's a means to an end. And so having a million dollars in the bank 
doesn't automatically make you happy. You know, um, being a certain number on a scale doesn't automatically make you happy. It, it's how we're doing it that, that is a big part of it. Okay. And so if I go back to the water fasting, again, we, we go into the idea of like, if this is a process of you being the best version of yourself is not eating any food for three weeks, is that the best version of yourself, even though you're losing weight, right? How does that affect you mentally? How does it affect you emotionally? Right? I don't know how it's affecting you physically. What are the effects? Are the effects of water fasting weeks at a time making you the best version of yourself? Is trying to starve yourself for three, four days in a row making you the best version of yourself? Is being obsessed with getting the lowest number possible that you can humanly live with making you the best version of yourself? And you say, well, that's my ED, ED says. That's what I don't need. Don't different people have different answers to this. But what does the rest of your brain say to you? Right? What are the people that you trust and love? What do they say? You know, um, when you bounce it off of that and you come up with a real logical, congruent answer to what is the best goal weight for me, you know, yeah, because I'm skinny now. Great. I mean, if you again, I, I like being skinny. <laughs> and I mean, I have a program called Program Yourself Thin. And um, so, so I like being thin, but I think that there's some people that, being thin. Okay. Here's the thing, right? You've got to take your goal weight. A lot of times people choose a goal weight as if it lives in a vacuum, right? Meaning that they just, oh, I just want to weigh this weight. I weighed that when I was 18. That's what I want to weigh again, but there's no real meaning to it. You got to take into account how you're going to have to live in order to live at that weight. Okay. And so if, if like in order to live at that weight, all you can do is drink water and eat carrots. That's a pretty shitty quality of life probably. And so it's like, why are you choosing that weight then? Why? Oh, because I'm going to be really thin okay, well, like, why am I at my weight? I'm at my weight because I want to be as healthy as I could possibly be. I like being thin, but I want to be at the weight that's going to make me the healthiest. That That's the goal here, okay? I live a whole lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? It's not just a weight thing. There's yoga, there's hydration, there's lots of sleep, there's meditation, there's playing guitar, there's hanging out with my kids, <laughs> being a good husband, you know? Like, it's a, it's a whole lifestyle to be the best version of myself. I'm not just going to say, oh, all I care about is just being a number on a scale. Why? Because, and, and I'll say this to all of you, if you think the only thing that matters is, is how skinny you are, like what if you're unhappy and miserable on the inside? Like that skinniness doesn't hide that. You know what I mean? So to me, it should be this inside out approach where what serves you best? Where are you at the best version of yourself? Inside and out. And if you all you care about is the outside, then, then great. I mean, that's, you're a free person, do what you want, you know, but that's nothing what I'm talking about. You know, and so nothing I'm saying is going to work for you. You know what I mean? Because the very core, the, the engine that drives my, the whole process I'm talking about is you becoming the best version of yourself, becoming the happiest, healthiest version of yourself with the best quality of life, you know? And if you think just being a number on a scale is, is the only thing that defines that, then I disagree and we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So what's the best strategy then? Well, I, I didn't see your answer, so I'm going to skip that, that, that question, but, uh, I, I will leave you with that. How long would you like to be at your, your weight there? Right. So you're going to drink water until you lose another 40 pounds. And my question to you is how long, how long do you want to be at that goal weight of yours? Right. Because you're living as if you don't care how long you're there for. Oh, okay. I got skinny through liquid dieting for three months. I do. Oh man, to maintain, I don't know how to be normal anymore. There you go. And that's what awaits you on that path forever. Get lower to like 140. Yeah, sure. Right. So if, if you want to be forever, the strategy you're doing is, is a, again, I, I can't stress this enough and I'm not fear mongering here, but I can't stress enough that that's a strategy to put you up over 250, 300. If you're starting at around 205, water fasting for a month, I, I still <laughs> recover from trauma being a raw foodist, right? I was a raw foodist. I, I never was more obsessed with food in my life. You know, and I was like, I, who cares? I, there, there's, it wasn't healthy mentally, emotionally, you know? And so it's like, how are you just going to, it's like our insurance industry of this country. Like we just take the teeth out of it, right? Like oh, your health insurance covers everything except your teeth. And so it's like, that's, oh, I'm skinny and everything's great, but I'm, I'm absolutely miserable inside. I hate living like this. I'm just obsessed with my weight and I feel like shit. Well, maybe we should take that into account too, right? I'm changing. It's crazy listening to you. My shopping for food, my motivation for exercising. Super. That's awesome. And that's what happens to a lot of people when you listen to this. Because what's happening? We're getting you congruent. 
You know what I mean? Like, like most people approach their weight loss in a very incongruent way. And that's, again, that, that, and I'm talking about this on our call here because I get a lot of eating disorder people on there. And it's the same thing. It's just, it's incongruent in different ways. You know, my need for water, I feel better about me. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And so I hope you got my session because if you do that, like, again, it just kind of helps you with that. All right. But um, yeah, I guess getting through liquid, I just want to, I'm going to end on that one break because this, this really just proves the point for the people that I'm usually talking to that want to lose weight. And it's because it's, it's an extreme form but it's no different than the dieting mindset. But the idea that I got skinny through liquid dieting for three months, I do one meal a day to maintain, I don't know how to be normal anymore, okay? And so this is what happens. If you if you choose in, what's the opposite of normal? Like a, if you choose an unnormal, disnormal path to get to your goal, um, it's not gonna, it's, you're not gonna be able to maintain it. If you choose an unsustainable way to get to your goal, what's the point? I just don't understand the point, you know, that you could say you have an eating disorder, but I mean, you, and people always say like with an eating disorder, that's like, Oh, the, my eating disorder tells me this. And so it's like, I, I get what you're saying. You, there were one voice that's coming with eating disorder, but implied in that is that you have other voices in your head too. What do they say? What do they say about liquid dieting? What do they say about one meal a day, one meal a week fasting for days? What does that, what do the other voices say? Do you listen to them at all? What are they saying? I, I understand. I understand th that that comes through. But if if we start off an unsustainable path, like what do we have waiting for us? Yeah, you know, I, I just don't see any. I don't see any joy or pleasure in it. To me, that's not a real joy. And it's, I say the same thing when people are struggling with weight. They say, "Oh, you don't get any joy because you don't eat cookies." Well, I eat cookies, but I don't eat them all the time. They say, "You don't have joy. You don't eat ice cream all the time." That's great joy. Is it? Is eating cookies and ice cream all the time great joy? Is, is struggling with the weight and feeling the way you feel about yourself is that great joy? So you see what I mean? Like eating disorder, overweight, it's a, there's, there's a lot of parallels in my, my book. You know, I see a lot of the same things. I lost 73 pounds since listening to you. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. The first time I liquid dieted for a month and binge for months after in 22, like a monster. Thank you for writing that. Yeah. But I did it again for three months last year and oh man, I have maintained for ages now. Yeah. Great. That works for you. You know, um, this is my new healthy normal now. Finally. All right. Yeah, it was really bad. I do regret it. But to be honest, but the joy for me was because it was fast weight loss. I get that. I totally understand that. That's what I, I, I you know, probably pop it in the end. But the original kind of topic we were talking about was patience, you know, and no one has patience. But, you know, it's like when we just want the fast route. I, I mean, life's littered with stories about that in every area of life. When all we care about is the fast results, it usually ends up to a lot of suffering, you know, and, and that looping forever, you know. So when you can orient yourself to long term slower results, it's usually the better path. You know what am I going to say? I'm not the first person to say that. <laughs> I think everyone knows that, you know? So, all right, everyone, I got to get out of here. I got to do a call with my, my group. I can't wait to go work with them. Um, again, go, go check out the hypnosis session I got there in my bio. Um, go listen to me, program yourself, then my podcast. Um, check it out. I'm here for you all. I, I love you all. Okay. I want you all to know that like, sometimes I, I'm not, I get, I get annoyed or I get a little worked up, but, but I, I care about all of you, all of you. And I, I want all of you to do well. All right. So have a great day and we'll talk soon. Bye.